Shio, Shio, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Creative Native Podcast. I am so excited for this episode. It is a very special episode where I am joined by my fellow Indigenous Athletics Advancement Council members, uh, Mr. Brent Cowie, Dominic Tiger Cortez, Elise Ali Joseph, Nicole Bean, and Jesse Syme. I am so excited. This is a great special episode where we're going to recap the Women's Final Four initiatives that we put together um, for the 2022 Women's Final Four in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Hopefully you've heard a little bit about it, but if you haven't, you're going to hear all about it in this episode. Also check out the show notes for more information, our website, some of the videos that we mentioned. Um, and we really want to also take a moment to thank our sponsors who helped us really put on all the initiatives that we were able to accomplish. Um, we forgot to mention in our talk that we were able to also give away over 200 tickets to both the semifinal and the final games at the Women's Final Four. And these tickets went to the Native youth and their families in Minneapolis area. So sit back, enjoy the episode, and let us know what you think. I'm so grateful for all of you being here. We have um, not just one great guest, but a group of guests that I would like to um, have introduce themselves. Um, we are the Indigenous Athletics Advancement Council, um, brought together in uh, late 2021. And yeah, I just want to pass it around to let people introduce themselves. I'm going to start with Brent. Hello, Nat. It's good to see you, or good to hear from you, I mean. Uh, my name is Brent Cawley. I'm the co-founder of IndianSports.com. Uh, we've been covering athletes for the past 21-plus years now, and just happy to be on your show. Thanks, Brent. All right, Jesse, then Elise. Good morning. My name is Jesse stomsky Syme. I'm a citizen of the Muscogee Nation of Oklahoma, and I live in Minnesota currently and serve as the general counsel for the Prairie Island Indian community. Halito Chamachukma Sahochifo, yeah, Elise Ali Joseph Chatasia. Good morning, everyone. I hope you're all doing well. It's good to be with my friends and colleagues here this morning. Uh, my name is Elise Ally Joseph, and I am a citizen of the Choctaw Nation of Oklahoma. I'm currently an assistant professor in the Applied Indigenous Studies Department at Northern Arizona University, and I'm also the faculty athletic representative there. This is my, I think, ninth year in that role. Um, and then I also do a lot of work with the NCAA, the National Collegiate Athletic Association, around Indigenous athletes. Yeah. All right, last but not least, Dr. Bean. Ishche Estongo, uh, Dr. Nicole Bean, um, citizen of the Muscogee Creek Nation, I'm currently serving as the Associate Athletics Director um, of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at the University of Oklahoma, um, and then also serve as a sports administrator for men and women's tennis, and excited to be here with my friends and family, um, and looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, and hopefully we'll have uh, uh, Mr. Dom uh, Tiger Cortez join us here in a bit. He also was a, a big part of this this initiative, and um, really, we wish I wanted to take this time to really reflect and on kind of the work we've done this 
really this first first year that we've come together and what kind of sparked this was really um, an opportunity that was presented to Jesse. And so Jesse, I would love if you wouldn't mind kind of explaining um, kind of how that opportunity came to you and kind of your, your big idea. Absolutely. Uh, it, looking back, it's crazy uh, what's happened over like a year, um, but I'm happy to share it with you from the beginning. I was invited to participate on the local organizing committee executive board for the 2022 Women's Final Four, which was to take place here in Minneapolis. And it was uh, it was not even a year ago that I was invited to participate in that, I think. And my background includes being a, a Division I athlete. I played basketball at Wisconsin and I was drafted in the WNBA to the Charlotte Sting. I played seasons overseas and uh, played a lot of ball in Indian country after that as well. But I think my experience as an athlete and then also my position as an attorney for one of the tribes in town here uh, put me in a position to be asked to join this, this committee. And I said yes, knowing that it was going to be, I was going to use it as an opportunity to address an issue that's always bothered me. And when I was in college, it was an issue and it's still an issue that really hasn't made much traction today. Although it certainly is better. I feel like there's just, there's a lot of room for improvement and um, that is that very, very few division one or any division student athletes in college are indigenous and that those opportunities and the success at that level are not uh, materializing for native people. So <clears throat> I, did, I had no idea how to leverage the opportunity for the final four into addressing this issue. And I reached out to a few people. The first was Dr. Nicole Bean and also Brent, uh, and I had Zooms with each of them or calls and explained where I was at with this. And they were like, yeah, let's do this. We're all in. And Dr. Bean was like, let's, you know, you got to call this person and this person too. And then we're going to get together and meet and we can have Zooms. And if we need to put together a committee and a plan <laughs> and uh, she really motivated me and gave me the confidence to, to actually do this. And so we did just that. We contacted Nat, uh, Dr. Welch, and Dr. Alec Joseph, and uh, Brent, and me, and, and soon after Dom joined us, and we started meeting to figure out how to make the best of this opportunity. So that's how this whole thing started. Yeah, and just and just to kind of clarify too for people who are listening and may not understand, like every time there's a NCAA championship in a in a in a city or um, at a certain location, they have a, a local organizing committee, also known as like a LOC. Um, and so that was what you were asked to kind of be on as Is that right, Jesse? Correct, yes. Yeah, as being a, a local in, in Minneapolis. And, um, and so even that in itself, I think is just such a huge um, thing for, for Indian country to be able to have that, even that seat at the table when um, in the past, we have not been um, allowed to have those positions or, you know, we're, we're maybe given these opportunities that are maybe more tokenized or things like that. But you, I know you kind of, you kind of said that if you were going to do it, you were going to want to have real impact, right? 
Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, even me getting on that committee is a little bit of a side story. I was, it was someone else who was at that table on that committee advocated for me to be, to join and to not have to be associated with a half million dollar, a quarter million dollar sponsorship or um, corporate arrangement, which is typically how you get on those committees. So I was a scholarship kid, so to speak, on that committee. And, um, you know, I don't think they had any idea what they were signing up for, for what we would bring to them. And, uh, you know, we, we challenged them and made them uh, raise their game, I think, a lot as well in this diversity and equity and inclusion arena. But I did not want to get on this committee and just be someone that they could say was there to increase their diversity on that board. I wanted it to be a meaningful impact on Indian country. Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, Dr. Bain and Brent, what, what, did you have any initial reactions that you remember when, when Jesse first reached out to you about this opportunity? Um, I think for me, it was just excitement. Um, just again, Natalie, um, Brent, we've had multiple conversations over the, over the um, previous years of just about um, what can we do and how do we go about approaching um, the increase of the representation of Native American um, coaches, um, student athletes, administrators? Um, and so I think when she reached out, um, it just really kind of brought up all of those feelings of previous conversations that we had had as a group um, um, on the topic. And so definitely excitement. Um, and like she mentioned, like, you know, this is the people that we need and just knowing that um, you had been in a lot of those conversations with me and Brent, and so I knew it was going to be important for you to be in that space with us. And so for me, it was just excitement and, and an opportunity that I knew we had to take advantage of. And so just was really thankful um, for Jesse reaching out. And then I think also just kind of randomly is like, how did she find me? <laughs> um, and so, um, again, um, those were probably my initial thoughts. I had been stalking you <laughs> for a while, so this was just an opportunity to give you a call. <laughs> I love it. Now you're stuck with me forever yeah I think that uh, just to echo Dr. Bean's sentiments about just the excitement and opportunity to be a part of something like this um, it you know I definitely wanted to jump in and, and help out in any way I could whether it was just connecting people whether it was just offering some some ideals or some experiences um, I've had in, in working with the NCA before and some other events and seen things firsthand, uh, as well as uh, how we've, as a, a, a nation and other throughout the throughout the United States, with other universities celebrating Indigenous culture at, at basketball games. I've been to almost a dozen or so of those type of events. I, you know, I thought seeing something like that on the national stage um, was just going to be something kind of historic and and, and you know, kind of build up to something to what we're doing now with the IAAC. So, yeah, so for me, it was just really excitement uh, and opportunity to be a part of someone like this and, and you know, and help it grow and help it continue and, and, uh, and really get to work with this uh, great bunch of people on this IAAC committee because, you know, up until that point in Minneapolis, um, the majority of us had never met in person. So to finally meet the committee in person and visit and get to know each other. I mean, just that whole, um, you know, the whole experience and vibe that we uh, were able to create. Uh, I hope it springs more, springs more us into doing more things together. 
Yeah, and that was what was kind of funny early early on. Like I know when when me and Jesse first chatted, like I was just like, oh my gosh, hi. like I just was so fired up, and I immediately reached reached out to Elise. I told Jesse I was like, we had to have Elise involved, and we kind of all came together, and it was kind of almost immediate in that we were like okay, we're, we're going to do this project for the women's final four, but like, this is like, it, it was just like, it sparked something that we all had kind of, we've all been doing this work for, for years and years and years. But like, I think we needed this kind of almost Jesse being like this kind of glue to bring us all together to kind of really have a, a focused project, but then realize like, oh, Hey, like, this is what we, we can do this long-term. We can, we can do this well, well beyond this. And we we realized early on too how important it was to to be kind of involved in the grassroots efforts that were happening on the ground with the native youth, and that's where Dom kind of came in. And Dom, I, uh, Dom has joined us now. And Dom, would you would you mind just saying hello? And um, I just want to have everyone know that you're on, you're here. You're with us. Introduce yourself. Well, hi. How you, how you, how's everyone doing? I um. Name is Dominic Cortez, and I am uh, founder and uh, head trainer of Root Medicine uh, Native Youth Training Basketball Program. And it's just been an honor to to be on this journey with everybody and, and to accomplish what we did, um, our goal that we set out months before um, the Final Four um, weekend. And it's just been super, super cool. But um, yeah, I just want to introduce myself. I'm Muskogee Creek. Um, I'm originally from from Los Angeles, California. Um, and yeah, I just travel over and I work with the kids and just try to, you know, be that, be that, that connection to the youth, be on, 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 on ground and, and in the community. So, you know, my, my little bit of, of, um, experience, um, was just, you know, super honored to, to, you know, provide that, um, um, to the IAAC and, and, uh, for, you know, our efforts, our efforts moving forward as well. Yeah, thanks, Dom. I'm so glad because like you're another person that like I've been following your work and um, but I just we just haven't had the chance to really connect. And I think all of us, we have kind of just been kind of circling each other in a way and kind of like these like different kind of patterns and uh, events and things like that. But we, this really was a great way for us to come together and um, really put together something. And we were we were under the gun for a while there too, as uh, we were trying to put together this plan for the NCAA because you know, it, you know, Jesse being on the local organizing committee, that wasn't just like okay, you can do whatever you want. We had to really go through a process of putting together a really coherent plan of like, here, here's what we want to actually do. And if you've ever worked in any kind of these sort of big organization, like these big organizational structures, especially like AA, like it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of like kind of red tape to go through. Um, and um, and so we had to put together a plan of like, okay, here's what we, we want to do. And we, we really kind of shot for the stars, I think. But looking back now, the fact that we were able to accomplish so much of what we set out originally to do. Um, one thing early on that we talked about was like, you know, obviously land acknowledgements are kind of a, um, a go-to and kind of a, an easy check checkbox for most organizations. But we wanted to make sure that we did something a little bit more meaningful um, than that. And so we ended up actually making a video and the video had, um, and it's, 
really uh, a testament to to Minneapolis and the, and the tribes in the area and the um, and especially the women and the women basketball players. Um, and so that was one of the really cool things that um, we'll put a link in the in the show notes for for people to check out that video. Um, but something really powerful. Um, and, and something early on too that was really important was um, getting Native women basketball players involved in this initiative. Um, Jesse or anyone really, you want to talk about how kind of that came together? Our our legends of the of the game. Yeah, one of my favorite parts. Um, first, uh, just to connect the dots from from where I first left off to there. Uh, we, and you, you touched on some of this, we quickly got together and started formulating a plan and the three goals of what we were going to try to do with the NCAA and the, the tournament was to, uh, educate decision makers, coaches, administrators, and others, the broader public about the issue of underrepresentation of native athletes in the NCAA. So, but the, the research you, uh, spearheaded now was 0.37%. So less than a half percent of athletes across all divisions are native. And then the, the coaches and administrators is even much lower than that. <clears throat> The second goal was to expose Native youth to the Final Four experience so that they could uh, go and see it and then go back into their communities and dream it and start to work towards it. And the third was to integrate for any large event, really, but for in specifically for the Final Four in 2022, uh, that the tribes and the Native people of Minnesota Makoche here be, uh, be featured and that we have a presence in that national tournament. So we pitched to the local organizing committee and the NCAA diversity, equity, and inclusion staff. And that was uh, Dr. Ali Joseph and myself. And it, uh, we had a PowerPoint, we had our goals, we had our research. We, and this was a, a group product, this PowerPoint. Um, we said, here's the ways that we could do it. And so these are the things we're going to talk about here, including um, what I'll get to with the legends. But we, we did, I think, have a very compelling case and a very clear plan for how we wanted to do it. And they were all blown away. They, this is all information that to the highest levels of the NCAA and, and the local organizing committee had no idea. They did not realize that there was this, this issue and so we educated them on that. And then we gave them a plan for how we leverage the tournament and how we would execute it. And it, um, it was pretty incredible looking back now, but I think we executed very well on that initial plan that we presented. And there was a lot of work, of course, between that initial pitch, getting the green light and then executing. But um, that was how we teed it up. And as we know now, this none of, nothing like this has ever been allowed by the NCAA, especially the in-arena elements that we'll talk about. But one of the things that we started to realize is that there were there are former women's NCAA basketball players here in this context, um, because we're talking about a basketball tournament that we just felt needed to be part of 
what was going on and what we were going to do. So we started with some of the, the all-time legends, Rinaldi Basenti, Rainy Crisp, and these women who were really pioneers in, in basketball, both for their communities and in the nation and in Indian country, and asked if they wanted to be a part of this and come. And we ended up with about, I think, 12 of them. And of course, it, it was just a small sample of all of the wonderful talent, but we were able but to getting bring those 12 here. legends to come to from all over the country. <laughs> on like, like, that was huge. Like it was, there has never been anything like that. And like, yeah, it was. Yeah. It was when, and I'll let somebody else take it from here, like what they did while they were here. But that was like how, how it all came about. Yeah, I'll just hop in here. Uh, this is Elise. So I think just like all of us, you know, this has been my personal and professional just hard work for as long as I can remember being a, a college tennis um, athlete and then pursuing my higher education and focusing my research on, on Native athletes and how uh, sport empowers them to pursue higher education. And so really throughout that whole process, looking at how a lot of the research and the, the feedback from coaches is looking at this kind of deficit approach is, well, there's not a lot, or they drop out, or there's this stigma about Native athletes, coaches, etc. And so I think we really wanted to focus on that abundant or that positive approach to shift that deficit, right? And so what better way to have these amazing former student athletes come together and some of them meet each other for the first time they followed each other their whole career um, but come together and share space and share story and share laughter and share memories and share love and I think most importantly um, share their experience as role models for for future generations and that's really what I saw through this whole experience. Um, it was just, it was really fun to see. They were just like little girls in, in the candy store again. Like they were just, if you think about playing basketball, I mean, you start, especially for, for a lot of kids on the res, just like in the womb, right? It's like a part of us. And um, your whole goal is to play in the, you know, the NCAA tournament and not let alone the final four. Um, and so, you know, a lot of them were not able to get to the tournament in their college career, but now 20, 30 years later, they're here um, and they're sharing this experience with us and they're sharing it with the local Minnesota community, indigenous community, and they're sharing it really with the country um, and the world. And it was just so powerful to see that and, and see that positive approach to indigenous experiences, life ways, and just the beautifulness of, of our indigenous people and what sport has done and can continue to do for our people. Oh yeah, yeah, thanks for adding that, Elise. It's, it's so true and it just made me think too of like how, you know, in 2021 with the, the women's final four, that was when they were in the bubble and there was all the disparities that was that were pointed out by the student athletes between the women and the men's game. And that became kind of the story of, of the, you know, NCAA and college sports, I think, uh, that year. And, um, and so the NCAA was in a position where they really, they needed you know, some good, good, good press, some good, uh, really, 
needed to show their best selves at this at this women's final four this year and and so for us to have that opportunity well it also played into kind of I know what they were trying to do with regards to equity and inclusion and and so just I think yeah, again bringing these legends out and having all these initiatives that we were able to do um was, were really powerful and I, I again encourage everyone to watch the video um we'll, we'll post the link to that the land acknowledgement kind of video with with all the different women um, from, from Minneapolis um, and Minnesota area tribes uh, kind of talking about kind of our, our initiatives as a whole. Um, and then we had, I also want to kind of go back to Dom and talk about Dom, your work and kind of our ideal to have uh, a camp while we were there and um, really bring out and engage the native youth and not just have, you know, not, not just doing the, the tournament initiatives for the women's final four, but you know, really get the youth involved. Can you maybe talk about your kind of how that how this came together from your perspective? Yes, yes, of course. Um, again, and just you know, just to start out, you know, was was uh, a, a truly a big fan of everybody and and of all their work. And so, just to get this call, you know, major major props and shout out to my big bro, Brent. You know, Callie for for you know reaching out as well. And it, it, it was just something that, again, just the opportunity that presented itself was so amazing because I think one of you guys said it before that it, it, nothing's ever been done like this, right? Like nothing's ever been pushed in this manner, um, acknowledging, you know, the legends and, and this, this deficit, this, this, this unfortunate statistic that, that hangs over us and our athletes and our native, you know, our native youth communities. And so, I knew right away how big this was going to be. I knew right away um, what this could start, you know, really, you know, it's just, just being the first. So there's no, there was no, um, no rule book. There was no manual to go about it. So, you know, for me um, asked to, to do a basketball camp with the kids, that's, that's the easy part, man. You know, like that was the fun part. Um, it's, it's how we get our message across. It's, it's how we, you know, kind of um, represent in person and while we're there. And I felt like the more and more as the date approached, you know, we got more information. We knew who was coming. We knew what was going on. So for me, it was all, it was an honor because, you know, the legends that helped out, it was more of me, like, just like directing them, like, like, Hey, what do you guys want to do? You know, how do you guys envision this thing? Because it, it, what I always loved is, and, and what it, what it felt when you were in that gym during the camp was community was family was togetherness and and that that's one of the things that i felt like um if we could get that across this weekend and people would really really see uh, what's going on and, and it happened you know we had newspaper um channels coming out we had news you know people and anchors and and it's just it was just it was just big it, it became a lot bigger and a lot more important than just a basketball camp you know so that part was so cool for me just to take take that in to be in in that just in, in that presence of 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 real uh greatness and 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 just all that knowledge and experience that was there so that part for me was fun um i felt like you know in order of what the iwac wants to do we have to be able to get out and, and do the 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 outreach you know to do the grassroots work to, to be out there to be seen and that's what we did with the native youth and in, in, in the community of, of you know downtown you know, Minneapolis. Like that's 
you know, even the history there, that's, that's a, that's a community that, that, that needs acknowledgement as well. Right. And, and everything we're doing is education. Everything we do is teaching and acknowledging and getting people up to date of what we're doing. You know, all of our work, we've been doing this for years. It's just a matter of time for us to now get that, you know, uh, recognition. So, um, for me, it was, it was just an honor. Um, it was, it was, um, a challenge as well, but a beautiful challenge, something I looked forward to because I knew how important it was. And, and, uh, and that's something that I felt like, again, if you were there, you, you felt it, you know, everybody was in that gym, all the kids were, were having fun and, and, you know, we were really teaching the game, what, what basketball means to us as, as, as native people in our communities. And then, you know, just what it could do for, for the future. You know, and now we have real people to look up to and, and that could tell their stories. You know, there's a lot of these legends that I've heard about I never met before either. And that part was like just sharing that that time with them, you know, being in the gym with them, asking them questions, things like that. And then just seeing them how they rock with the kids, seeing them how they do their work where they come from, you know, and then we just kind of collaborated. So that part was cool was to make sure that we all felt, you know, we were doing our thing and, and it was just a collaboration. And I think that's, that's just a testament of who we are as native people. You know, we, we come together and we help each other. Yeah. And it just, it just came together so organically too. If I, I remember Brent, I think Brent bringing you up and um, suggest, cause we were, we were talking about, Oh, we want to do a camp and you know, Brent brought up uh, you Dom. And I think those of us who hadn't met you, but had heard of your work and we were just like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, let's do it. And, um, it just really was worked out really, really well. And, um, I'm just, I'm also just thinking of people who might be listening, who don't understand either that Minneapolis and that kind of that Minnesota is a very highly, um, populated native community. Like there's, I can't remember how many tribes, Jesse, you're going to have to help me there. Um, yeah, there's 11 federally recognized tribes, and it's also in Minneapolis is what I just read today was the largest urban Indian population in the United States. Yeah, yeah, and like just going to the um, uh, the Indian Center there in, in Minneapolis and seeing the the native, I mean, at least walk down the street to the, like kind of a native coffee shop and stuff like that was so cool and just so so awesome to to see that and um something that people i don't think people uh recognized but um kind of thinking about the halftime show so that was another piece that like talk about like not being done before um jesse do you want to maybe talk about how like how you organized that and how um much kind of work went into that absolutely um one of the ways that we proposed to make that connection between the Minnesota tribal communities and the tournament was a display of, of culture through the dance and song and some story of the, the Dakota and the Anishinaabe here. And so we proposed a halftime show and did not think that was ever going to get legs because we've been told that the NCAA just isn't, um, that's just not something that we'd probably be able to do, but they ended up 
saying yes and green lighting it. And so we, but as a caveat to all of this, when we did get the yeses and to the credit of, of many of the people involved here on the levels of NCAA and local organizing committee, we did get yeses, you know, the, um, there was a lot to navigate and a lot of figuring out how to get to a point where we can get those yeses, but, but there was an acceptance of this. And I, I'm grateful for that because they could have said no to, um, but the caveat was, but we don't have a budget for this. So um, we didn't miss a beat. Yes, that's, that's the other thing I was going to bring up too, is like how we had to, you know, and, and mostly you, Jesse, had to do all this fundraising and like, oh yes. my gosh. So, so um, we did, we said, well, that ain't going to stop us. And so we, we, I leveraged relationships and um, connections here in the Twin Cities to raise all the money for everything that we're talking about here. And, and a neat caveat is that the majority of that money went to either uh, Native people, Native vendors, or, uh, you know, our efforts, obviously, or minority owned or um, social justice related type of, of uh, outlets. So that was pretty neat that we were able to also do some of these things in a good way to lift up, you know, the Native artists, the, Native, the dancers, the singers, so on and so forth. So the halftime show was uh, a result of working with local dancers, local, a local drum, and um, a great Ojibwe man who did the emceeing. And we put on a halftime show that was incredible. I mean, I don't know how many shares it got on, um, on social media, but what I, and I was on the floor for it. It was so powerful and beautiful. I'd never seen in any professional or any sort of game um, in an arena that I've ever been to where everybody stayed in their seats for the halftime show. And um, we were able to share that out with the group with with an audience that probably the majority of them had no exposure to powwow or to to that the beauty of modern native culture and um, the 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 being backstage and then being there on the floor and then watching the dancers and those involved in it come off they they felt seen they felt amazing and it was just a really positive experience and from my view yeah i wanted to wanted to pick on brant on this one too because brant has been to many a a um sporting events especially kind of the native american heritage nights and things like that and um brent what kind of what was your your takeaway from this as well i know jesse kind of touched on it but um i'd love to hear your perspective yeah i mean it was definitely uh, an awesome sight to see given the arena because you know like you said i've, I've attended to wnba games uh, collegiate games where um these type of uh, exhibitions uh, of our cultures had been on display for the community. Um, but it's generally just, you know, for that particular um, community right there. And as we know, the NCAA Women's Final Four is a, is a national event, uh, or probably even an international event as well. And to have so many uh, people who probably were more from out of state than Minnesota uh, to kind of see that on a national stage, see that in front of NCAA, uh, top executives and presidents and leaderships um, from various departments with the NCA. Um, I, I feel like maybe they were a little afraid of what we were going to do for halftime, but I think after the performance, um, they were really impressed and really honored that uh, we were able to kind of provide that, uh, uh, you know, scenery for them. 
but yeah, I, I was totally moved by the performance of the singers, the announcers, the drums, the, the little kid that made it to the big stage. I mean, that was just uh, the big screen. I mean, um, that was just like kind of the coolest, coolest thing to see is, is our culture on display in a positive way, um, especially like, you know, Jesse had said that um, Minneapolis is the largest urban Indian community uh, in the United States. Um, and, you know, we always have, uh, you know, negative views sometimes of indigenous people. And this was a, a positive way to um, display our culture and kind of debunk a lot of the myths about our, our ways and our, and our culture and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I was definitely moved by the performance and just, to, just to, to say, you know, all these have been done at the high school level. These have been done at the, you know, NCA, you know, college level with athletes, um, native athletes at that level. But like I said, those are just kind of, you know, for that particular fan base. Uh, and to see it at this level, at the highest stage, at the biggest platform for women's basketball, uh, I was just really moved and touched by it. Can, can I just add something, Nat? Um, oh, of course. I, yes. I think yes. we were, the rest of us were up in the um, bougie NCAA inclusion suite watching the game and the halftime show. And I think we all, <clears throat> I mean, we're all just crying like babies um, from just pure joy. And right before the halftime show, the executive director of inclusion, um, came and sat down next to me and held my hand and she was just crying with me and saying, oh my gosh, Elise, this is so beautiful. And so I think just what we've talked about before, the larger impact where, you know, we have small numbers, right, within NCAA, um, within all facets, student-athlete coaches. But I think this really expressed that the impact goes beyond the numbers, it's the real life experiences of our indigenous student athletes and communities that can really tell the stories um, that the NCAA, that colleges and universities, that high schools need to listen to and need to hear. Um, and so I just wanted to, to share that, that the, you know, this goes beyond the numbers. It's, it's the impact that our indigenous people can provide back to their communities and to the world. Um, and just, I, I snapped a picture during the halftime of this little boy. I think he's four, Jesse said. He was looking up at the Jumbotron screen. He was up there. And so he saw himself up there and all of the thousands of people watching him. And there's this, just this picture of him staring at himself on center court dancing. And that really encapsulated everything for me. That's just of our youth seeing themselves in these spaces that, you know, the Rinaldi Bicentes start created decades ago um, and that it's our responsibility to really grow and sustain. Um, so that little boy seeing himself really was the most, I think, impactful thing for me during this whole experience is what we've um, helped to sustain for our, our youth. So. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, Elise. And just I, I want to like I was watching more watching the crowd too towards the end and like how like Jesse said like they stayed in their seats and then at the end they all like many of them stood up and applauded and like it wasn't like the like kind of like oh the, look at the you know look at the Indians coming out to do their dance for us kind of thing it was more of like actual it felt authentically like respectful and 
it just, I don't know. That's it just in that moment, it just felt so powerful. And um, just to have that acknowledgement and have that respect. And, and like you said about the inclusion directors kept kind of talking about, you know, and one of them said like, this should be, this should be at every championship, you know, that was just, that was just so great. You know, Nat, I, I felt that way too, because these things sometimes that I even struggle, are they performative or yeah. are they meaningful? And I can tell you that the people who did the performance felt that it was meaningful and felt seen and, and heard. And by the way, everyone was compensated for their contributions in a good way. Everyone hopefully walked away feeling valued from the experience. And I think that's a good point too, when we talk about performative, um, but I also think it like spurred a lot of additional conversations. Um, again, I went into more, a couple of different suites up top and then going down even into the stands just to talk to people that I knew were going to be there. Um, and all of them like referenced um, the halftime performance. And like, um, I think because of the person talking, just being able to introduce the different styles of dance and those things really um, elicited a lot more interest and a lot more questions and a lot of more of like, oh, I didn't know X, Y, and Z. And so really was able to spark some conversations that a lot of times um, when we put some type of in-game um, initiatives in place that we often don't get. And so I also thought that that was really um, beneficial and took it past just being something performative, but it actually spurred some additional conversations and some interest, I think, of individuals that it, it typically wouldn't as well. Agree. And really quick, if I could add, you know, I think just, just that's, that's what we wanted, right? It was just the, just the, the initial thought. We wanted curiosity. We wanted to spark people's, spark people's minds. And visually that was, it was stunning. You know, I could tell you right now, there was no dry eye in that suite, you know, because everybody, I AAC, they saw us and they knew what it meant and they felt that. And just having you know, the eyes on the ground a little bit and having kind of that understanding of social media, a lot of people saw it. a lot of people, I'm saying thousands and thousands of, of, of native people saw this and it was, it was reposted and, and shared. And, you know, even people were saying they could hear the music at halftime during the live broadcast. And they were wondering what's going on with that. How come they can't show that, you know, that was a lot of, again, just the, 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 the spark, Right. That's that. That's what was cool about it is that we started something. And that's what I even felt emotional about was that this could go anywhere we want to take it. You guys, you know what I mean? Really. And the others saw that, you know, the, the our, our allies and our, and our friends, they saw that, you know, and, and uh, it was a beautiful experience. It really was. Yeah, it, it was. It, there's so many moments that like stand out, but that was definitely one that just was just yeah it there's no there's no words really for it but like it just it's so hard to because we I mean just for so for listeners to 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 know like this was such a whirlwind of of I mean for Jesse it was I'm sure for very multiple weeks but for us when we finally got there and got on the ground um you know we we had the you know the actual events happening at the games, but, you know, the camp, and we also did a feast after the camp and invited those that had kind of support us um, to be a part of that. And, and Brent got to acknowledge each one of the legends 
Um, and that was one of the, another one of the more, more powerful moments that stands out is Brent having this moment with these women that he has covered for, you know, years and years, decades and, and having them all together and meeting each other. And yeah, it just, and then we had also the other piece I wanted to, to touch on really quickly too, was the, so at these tournaments, um, they also have the women's basketball coaches association, um, that has their kind of meetings as well because it's a, it's a great time everyone can come together for the tournament and come to the tournament but also have their their own conference kind of alongside that and so the women's basketball coaches association um had all these kind of um initiatives meetings um presentations set up and we were able to to kind of get ourselves um a, a panel to be a part of that as well um, and I just want to open it up to, to anyone if they want to kind of talk about um, that experience and how, how that came together. Yeah, so I'll start us off and then everybody feel free to, to jump in as needed. Um, I think one of the big things that this group kind of had talked about from the jump is, is obviously we're all passionate about um, representation um, and creating space for our um, Native people to participate as student athletes. Um, but one of the things that we, we really talked about was um, how do we get our people in leadership positions that are going to be making those decisions to really increase um, that representation that we want to see um, down the line. And so I think that becomes important for us as getting um, in front of or being able to have a seat at the table uh, where coaches and where administrators um, are so that they do understand the importance of not only recruiting the Native American athlete, um, but really putting um, Native people in places of leadership, uh, whether it's assistant coaches, athletic directors, head coaching positions. Because um, again, I think as someone mentioned, we would look at those numbers, they're, they're very um, equivalent to um, the low numbers that we see with our student athletes. And so I think that was um, really uh, part of that opportunity here too, is one, uh, we did focus on how do we recruit um, and retain um, talent from Indian country, uh, but also, I think, uh, was a great way for us to be able to interact with um, coaches and administrators um, and really try to create some spaces um, for our Native people in those roles. Um, and so, again, I, I think the um, interactions we had, um, they were really positive. Um, I think the panel um, that we chose to, the speakers we chose for our panel, um, which is all of us, and then um, Lakota as well, um, I think brought a different aspect to the conversation um, based on our different experiences. Um, you know, a lot of us are former student athletes um, and now we're holding administrative roles or we're teaching or doing the research side or um, we're doing the grass work. So I think, um, and then obviously, um, just I think we just bring a unique um, lens, if you will, um, um, to the conversation. And so I think um, it went really well. Um, we had a large group. Um, people were waiting in line to, to talk to a number of us afterwards. Um, I'm sure like many of you, we've, made, we've reached out or had um, some follow-ups with people in the room. I think the thing that surprised me the most um, about the panel was, I think, how emotional we all became um, at some point um, sharing our experiences and or sharing the experience of, of others that we've been able to uh, mentor or be friends with um, or been able to connect with. Um, and so I thought it went really well. Um, I know the WBCA had a lot of positive feedback and uh, mentioned getting us involved earlier next year um, and expanding the time. I think we had 45 minutes 
Um, and I know for all of us, um, we're talkers and we have lots of things to share and lots of valuable information. Um, and so I'm, I'm really looking forward to um, how we continue to grow um, and share our levels of expertise at that panel. Um, but I thought it went really well. I really enjoyed it. And again, I think the thing that surprised me the most was just how emotional uh, we all had come, become at some point within those conversations. But I think it just goes back to show how passionate we were and, and how this is something that we've all wanted to um, kind of be able to do. Um, and now we were finally able, able to do that. And I don't know if anyone else wants to jump in and share. No, well said. Thanks. Yeah, and it, like I'll just kind of going back to that that actual moment and like walking into the, it's just like big ballroom and it was like I mean probably could have had several I mean over a hundred people in that ballroom and you never really know what you're gonna gonna have show up at those kind of things but I mean I I counted while we were we're up on stage over fifty and this was like a nine a.m. on on the I think the the day in between games um kind of thing where you know you could have it, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if there was only five people show up right but like having over 50 of these coaches show up and really want to engage and and want to speak with with us and really want to to learn how to do better um that was another just like I mean another great highlight of of the entire weekend um and Brent like I know you have you followed up with everyone that was there and um, I've followed up with some, some folks too, and, you know, kind of helping with certain regions in the, in the country and stuff like that. And um, it's, yeah, it was, it was really great. And like, I, oh, and as, as Dr. Bean said, like, look, shout out to Lakota. Like she is just something else. Like she is um, just amazing in so many ways and has, was such a great um, representation just, spoke so well about her own experience as a student athlete um and yeah just just really uh great yeah that's that's what I was gonna add I'll, I'll just do a double shout out to Lakota who was really integral in this whole part um and process and will be integral um, moving forward and just I think coaches and administrators are really I think hungry for this information and having people like Lakota share their experiences, their positive and negative experiences um, as a testament to, to what we're doing. And of course, what we will continue to doing in the future. But again, just a huge shout out to Lakota. We love you, Lakota. Um, thank you for everything that you've done and continue to do for our indigenous youth. Absolutely. Yeah, we yeah, were really, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Britt. Yeah, I was just going to add real quick that, you know, I, I had a lot of conversation, follow-up conversations with some of the uh, coaches in attendance uh, for our panel session, and they gave, uh, gave us a lot of good feedback and uh, positive feedback, that is, and, and we're really intrigued and really wanted to learn more about, you know, why Indigenous athletes aren't recruited, why they're not playing at the next level. Um, and then kind of going back to what you're, 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 you were talking about just kind of an emotional weekend because I, I, I felt like everyone on this committee has understands the importance and impact of having a voice and to finally be in that space and, and present that voice in that space. I mean, that, that was a, those were huge moments all around everything we did with that whole weekend was groundbreaking. I mean, it never been done before. 
never even been thought of before, probably. And and here we are in these in these rooms, this big conference room. Remember, we're all walking in this, like you said, this like hundred seat conference room. We're all taking pictures and selfies because, you know, we understand the impact importance of where we're at, and, and then being in the moment of it as well, and enjoying that aspect of it as well. So, but I like it a lot of positive feedback and, and from uh, the coaches that were intended. Uh, they definitely had everything uh, to heart that Lakota talked about, what Dom talked about, what Dr. Bean talked about, what uh, Dr. Joseph talked about. I mean, they really took everything to heart and wanted to know more about each one of the things we spoke about. And I know I had a conversation with the coach from, women's coach from MIT um, and we had a, like an hour and a half phone call um, and it really wasn't even about recruiting. It was just about understanding indigenous culture, understanding how they can learn or how she can learn or how she can, what can she do that's proactive? And, and I had in, in, made an introduction for her to the uh, Mashpee Wampanoag tribe there in, in, uh, in uh, Massachusetts and made them a connection. And she's going to have her team um, go to the reservation and just learn more about you know, the indigenous tribes in, in those areas and stuff like that. So it goes beyond just, you know, sports and, and, and recruiting and, and playing and stuff like that. It's really about making her team uh, a more whole, um, whole around, all around, you know, learning about not just African-American culture or Asian culture and stuff like that, but also including the indigenous culture, whether they have a player on the team or not you know, because that's their land. That's where they come from. So, you know, it really ties back into that. Land acknowledgements are great, but then now you need to go and learn about the people. And so that's what she's actively trying to do now as well. And also still continue to try to recruit Native, Native girls as well. One, Brent, one thing that um, came into my mind when you were talking is that we initially were told no to this panel by the WBCA. Um, they had they had already uh, kind of established their agenda and they just said, great idea, but no, we can't do it this year. And we didn't accept that answer. Um, and I called and emailed every single person in the WBCA office staff um, leadership. And then they reconsidered and said, yes. So. I said earlier that we got these all these yeses, but they all came with a lot of legwork. And I think that's one thing. There's so many lessons that we learned, but when you're doing things that have never been done before, you're going into spaces, uh, new spaces, there is so much navigating and there's so much uh, work and effort that goes on. And I really didn't appreciate that until this experience. And so now when I look at all the incredible trailblazers that we have in Indian country who knocked down doors and did these things for, you know, our, our ancestors and our just generations that have made huge headway in other areas and this area of sports. But all that goes into doing that for the first time is really incredible. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up, Jesse, too. Yeah, because I remember I even like sent like a random like uh, contact us, email to WBCA on their website, just like trying to get like some traction and, um, and just the, there, it wasn't, you know, it was, 
it was a lot of work. All of this was, was a lot of work. And each of you, we, I just applaud for how much, because um, we, we all have full-time jobs and other things that were our families and things on our plate. And, um, and, but this is like literally, like what Ali said, this is our heart work. This is our, um, our, what we really are passionate about. And so it's something that, um, you know, we put in the extra hours. We put it, 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 honestly, some of it doesn't even feel like work because it is just something we're so, so passionate about. Um, I, I wanted to just open it up where I know we're running short on time here, but if anyone else wanted to add anything else, any other, any other takeaways, any other things as we think about moving forward, Dr. Bean mentioned, like, you know, we really see ourselves as um, not only uplifting the youth and the grassroots things and things like what Dom are doing, which are so, so important, but also really disrupting those spaces where um, decisions are made, where leadership um, is having the, the NCAA administration, the, you know, the heads of the NFL, NBA, all the, all the sports leagues on college campuses, um, you know, really, again, speaking to that, like what Brent was saying about the coach, you know, every community has a native community, you know, within reach. And so they should be engaging with them um, no matter what, you know, what they're doing, no matter if they have a native on their team or not, you know. Um, and so I think that's, um one big takeaway I, I hope that people people got from this work and get from our work moving forward. Uh, I'll add that I think, um, <clears throat> I mean, that my experience over that weekend was so wonderful and my heart is so warm and, but I know it's just the beginning and we started with a big old bang. We started really big. Um, and I think, it's just the beginning. And I'll just put that out there that, you know, we want to help. We are here for you. We are a resource. Um, and so we want to come to your campus. We want to talk to your conference office. We want to talk to your coaches. This is why we're here. And this is why um, this, you know, IAC was created to help sustain the spaces for our indigenous people and youth. So please utilize us and please ask questions um, and please inform yourself and educate yourself because that's the first step to take to bring awareness and to create change and create opportunities for uh, our people that have unfortunately not had these opportunities for a long time, but the time is now to do it. So take that step, everyone, um, and, and do it for yourself and your campus. And it's going to be a better space when you're inclusive and include our beautiful indigenous communities. I just want to add that, you know, the overall experience has been nothing but positive. I mean, you always expect uh, some little bumps and bruises along the way and learning curves and stuff like that. But I felt like we didn't have any type of obstacle that we couldn't overcome um, and, and not uh, derail the whole thing. So, from a and so I, I want to give a big shout out to Jesse for you know putting us on this path of, of of connecting us all together, working together, and then also talking about things we can do in the future that can have, have an impact. I mean, honestly, that wouldn't start if Jesse didn't reach out to to us and, and get us going because uh, we had all been independently, passionately about native athletes and native sports. Um, um, but it finally connected us together as a team to um, really work and develop those things with 
the NCAA um, Native American Heritage Awareness Month documentation that we created for them. I mean, all that starts because of Jesse. I just want to send, say a special shout out to Jesse for connecting us and putting on this path of success that we're on. Um, and then what's next? You know, obviously, I think, you know, we continue the work that we started. Um, obviously, there's a lot to do. There's a lot of areas that Natalie just talked about with the NCAA, um, the, the professional leagues as well, and, uh, and, and even down into the um, prep, prep events as well. So there's definitely a lot to do. And I, I think what I see with this committee, what started with us, obviously, um, we have to continue that work, but also we have to realize that we have to continue to include people as well. So I definitely see in this future, uh, I see a larger committee of uh, IAAC that exists out there that can assist with everything uh, that needs to be done. So I'm hoping into 20, end of 2022, 2023, that maybe we have five or six more other people who are just as passionate as we are and also work in this same arena um, that we all do as well and, and see what all, all of us can do, you know, and have a bigger impact um, with everything. But that's just my final thoughts on things. No, thanks, Brent. That was great. And I, I'm with you, Je like this, Jesse, you went over and beyond in so many ways. And I, I honestly don't know how you did it all because you did so much there on the ground. And, um, and just, just, I'm so glad that this happened and that we were able to all come together and, and do this, but you deserve a special uh, shout out for all that you've done and continue to do for, for our communities. Well, thank you all. But I have to say first that what you all gave to this, to this issue in your careers, and then what you gave to me personally far outweighs anything that I did. And I'm so grateful for all of you for this group. And there was no drama, like no drama at all. It's crazy, but things, we just work so well together. And I'm, I look forward to what we're going to do in the future. And I'll just kind of keep it going. Um, I think that's definitely like Britt and Nat said, just, um, or Dr. Welch, rather. Sorry, sorry, Nat. Um, Jesse, just again. Nat right. is fine. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, definitely went above and beyond. You're welcome. Went above and beyond. I think just being like, um, for lack of a better word, like our boots on the ground, like, you know, she's the only one that's there um, in Minneapolis. And, you know, we're all over Oklahoma and, um, Washington and um, Arizona. And so, and then we just never know where Dom's going to be. Um, so I think just, yeah, I just want to kind of follow up what everyone else has said and just let you know how much we appreciate um, that work that you were doing um, on the ground there, why we were um, out of state. And so just appreciate you. And then obviously everyone else that's, that's here and just thankful for all of you. Madol. Yeah, I just want to keep it going as well and just say thank you guys. You know, this was such a such a an amazing experience, such a learning experience for myself. Um, again, just being admirers of, 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 of your guys' work and just, you know, really looking up to you. So getting a chance to meet you guys for the first time in person and then just be, being able to see the potential of, of, of our, I, I think, you know, when we work, when we come together, we're better, right? That's always something that for our people, um, we strive for is to come together to band together um and we've done that and it just kind of shows a little bit what what what, what can happen um when we're all like-minded we're all on the same page and we have this this united goal 
this night at front. And uh, man, it's a powerful team. I'm just excited to be with you guys. I'm excited for what's next. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait. So thank you guys again to go and let's keep it rolling, y'all. Yes. And for those of you listening and made it through and we're, we're so thankful for you and please check out our website, check out our content, reach out to us, let us know what you, you want us to do next. We're, we, we're love to, to hear from you.